Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Welcome to a new episode of the Good Old Podcast. I'm Jack Franchilli for Wahoos 24-7, and we're previewing Virginia's game against NC State. The Hoos welcomed the pack on Friday night at Scott Stadium, which will be set to be the return for not only Brennan Armstrong, but also former offensive coordinator Robert and I and former offensive line coach Garrett Tuje. So a lot of reunions happening at Scott Stadium, so plenty of storylines to talk about. So, But before we get going, why don't you go ahead and like this channel, like this video, and click on the bell so that you are notified whenever a new episode happens. And also, why don't you go ahead and leave us a review and rate us wherever you listen to our podcast. So let's start with some of the uh, big storylines coming into the game. Um, Specifically, right now on the injury front, because honestly, Virginia has been unlucky when it comes to injuries this season. If you look, they're playing a lot of true freshmen, a lot of Richard freshmen, a lot of guys that probably were going to factor in on the team, either through just playing a couple snaps, through rotation, but most likely towards the end of the season when they get more college experience. But right now, Virginia is leaning on them because of injury. So first off, the quarterback question. Um, Anthony Colangera has stepped up for Tony Musket since Musket was hurt in that opener against Tennessee. He's hurt his shoulder and was day-to-day since that game. Now, as we reported on Wahoo's 24-7, we were given a two- to three-week timeline from when he was hurt against Tennessee. When we first heard about the injury and reported it, NC State game was the game we had heard that was the first chance, really, that Tony Musket um, was going to be able to come back. Um, There was some noise last week from the interviews that the coaches did with the media that maybe Tony Musket was ahead of schedule from what we were interpreting. But again, we had still heard that Anthony Colandrea was going to start last week. This week, we are still hearing a little bit more about Anthony Colandrea. Obviously, Tony Musket is doing uh, much better. He is um, participating more in practices. But again, it still wouldn't shock me to see Anthony Colandrea starting on Friday night. But again, the possibility is much better for Tony Musket to play against the pack on Friday night. So another game time decision for Virginia. But again, would not shock me to see true freshman Anthony Colandrea Uh, go out there. And this would be his fourth game. What does that mean? That means this will be his final game that he can play if he wants to maintain his red shirt. So hypothetically, if Tony Musket can return next week, then Anthony Colandrea can't play any more games if he wants to maintain that red shirt. But if he plays one more game, he no longer has a red shirt. So this is the fourth game that he will play. 
Guys that are out, safety Antonio Clary that just had a surgery on Monday, and Lex Long, who hurt his foot in that game against Maryland, he's out for this game. They're waiting MRI towards about Wednesday. They were still waiting um, an MRI to see um, what's going on with his foot, but he is out for the game against NC State. Offensive lineman Jimmy Christ, who came back against um, JMU, he played a few reps there, did not feature against Maryland, although he did travel he is also full go and back to practice. Now, with him, because he got hurt so early on in fall camp, that, again, is about conditioning. So he's working back, getting confidence back in his body, in his knee, and then that's something that he's still working on. So Jimmy Christ is available, um, but, again, he's working back on his confidence and conditionings on the offensive line. Now, Demique Starling, the big news this week coming from Tony Elliott's press conference, is that he is redshirting, which means he will not play for the rest of the year here and Tony Elliott does not anticipate Demique Starling being part of the Virginia program next year. He didn't go out and say that Demique Starling will be transferring, but from his quote, he also said that he be- that Demique Starling believes that his future lies somewhere else, but they will help him graduate and then figure out his future moves after um, he graduates from the University of Virginia. In this college football world, this is to be expected. If you are at a point where you can still redshirt and preserve your redshirt so that you can have an extra year of eligibility, that's what players are doing right now as they enter into the transport. I mean, NC State is also having that issue right now with their running back deciding that he will redshirt this year. So that was announced on Thursday. So again, this is not something that just happens at Virginia. This is something that happens in college football. So just wanted to say there. But with Demique Starling out, we saw Dakota Tweedy on the depth chart for the first time this season. Um, Dakota Tweedy came to Virginia last year. He was hurt recovering from a knee injury. So he couldn't feature last year and he redshirted. This year, unfortunately, he had a hamstring injury that he was working back from. But he has now been at practice for a couple of weeks now. And he's earned his spot on the depth chart. Um, in addition to him, J.R. Wilson is another name to watch. And obviously, Jaden Gibson and Sedarian Harrison are two other freshmen on that depth chart. And of course, Malik Washington and Malachi Fields need no introduction since they have been the two wide receivers with the most production from that unit this season for Virginia. So those are the big personnel, um, I guess, talkers from this week. Um, Sam Westfall, who did not start last game, um, is available. Malcolm Green had won that position battle for the game against Maryland. Um, both of them are still have the or on the depth chart, so it kind of is whoever does better at practice and who feels like the one-on-one matchups will get on the field. Freshmen that will also get in the field in the secondary due to all the injuries that they have sustained would be Caleb Hardy, a safety, and Dre Walker at corner. So, a lot, like I said, a lot of freshmen. Two, one. So there are a lot of key matchups that we're looking at in this game. Now, we're going to be talking a little bit more in depth about NC State in the second half of the show when we invite Pack Pride writer Corey Smith to the show so that we can he can answer a couple of questions about NC State specifically so we get to know a little bit more about the opponent, about Brendan Armstrong, what he's done on that offense, how Robert and I has changed their offensive scheme and what he's bringing for. So those type of questions will be in the second half of the show. But we are also talking about specifically the battles that Virginia will need to do and win in order to get the win at home in NC State and get their first win of the season, their first win in six games since they've had, they're have they on a current six-game winning losing streak that stretches back to last season. So obviously one of the big things is special teams. NC State has a kick returner um, named Julian Gray 
who has um, who has someone to watch when it comes to on special teams. You do not want a special teams error on Friday night. And then obviously, Brennan Armstrong is returning to Scott Stadium with a chip on his shoulder. I know he's saying that he, he's not going to let his emotions get to him. He's going to be out there and just focus on the win the game. But he is going to be a quarterback who's got something to prove at Scott Stadium one more time. And this defense has yet to force a takeaway. Um, they would love to get one. I mean, Cohen King, Chico Bennett, and this is all in just good fun, nothing malicious to it. But these guys are saying Brendan Armstrong won't have that red-orange jersey on, so they're finally allowed to hit him. So <laughs> a, lot of, uh, a lot of fun times at the press conferences and uh, interviews with the players this week. Uh, they're ready to face Brennan, but that is going to be a key matchup. Brennan will most likely throw those tight window throws that Virginia fans are used to. He makes them sometimes, and sometimes they're an interception. You're going to have to take opportunities. You can't just touch the ball and make it a pass breakup. You're going to have to come down with the ball. That could be a difference maker from winning or losing. In my prediction later on, I'm going to have like probably a higher point total for Virginia than a lot of people are predicting. But I'm hope like I am thinking that the defense is going to have an opportunity to score for Virginia because of a forced takeaway. So that is one of my bold predictions that is coming on Friday when I post up my five predictions. Um, so that's one key key of the battle is stopping Brennan Armstrong. Um, in the air by forcing a turnover, but also James Jackson, Josh Ahern, their battle to make sure they stop the run. Brennan Armstrong is not just a passer. He's, he can hurt you for legs, something. Again, Virginia fans, remember, because he was their leading rushers for two years. So Brennan Armstrong is going to be a guy that is going to try to run the ball. So um, it's going to be a, a tough test for this run defense who hasn't been consistent in stopping the run this year. And one was the reason why Maryland and JMU were able to come back in the fourth quarter was because they were able to get that ground attack going in both of those periods. Now, on the other side of the ball, Virginia's offensive line is going to face a tough defensive test with a 3-3-5 from Tony Gibson, their defensive coordinator. That is a is going to be an interesting battle for the O-line because obviously the O-line is still a work in progress. So they're going to be able, they're going to have to read those blitzes and have to run, read where these pressures are coming from. So, and especially if you have Anthony Colandrea under center, a freshman facing this, it's it's going to be a battle to watch. So... A lot to get through there, but again, these are some of the key matchups for Virginia as you're looking. And of course, you want Virginia to run the ball as well. But again, it's stopping the run, making sure that you don't hurt yourself with pre-snap penalties, turning turning over the ball, but also making sure your special teams does not give anything away. And then forcing that turnover and hoping that you're you're able to run the ball and make some good plays on offense. So those are some of the key matchups, but we're going to take a quick break and we're going to bring Corey Smith, Corey Smith to the show from Pack Pride. We're going to talk a little bit about NC State. We'll be right back and then we'll welcome Corey Smith on the other side. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And welcome back to the Good Old Podcast. I'm Jack Frenchley for Wahoo's 24-7. And we're going to have Corey Smith joining us from the phone. As I told you earlier, midweek games, it's a little different when uh, we have to do uh, things a little bit uh, can rushed and on the road. So, Corey, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I know you were on the road covering some basketball recruiting so for NC State, so I appreciate your time um, to join us. Yes, ma'am. I appreciate you having me on. I think we should just start with this, Corey. I know everyone wants to know, right? Brendan Armstrong returning to Charlottesville, facing his own team. What? Yeah, I know. Shocker. <laughs> so what have you seen from Brendan Armstrong so far in NC State Jersey? What has stood out? Uh, well, it's been a bit of a mixed bag, uh, to put it, you know, you know, the best way possible. I mean, um, you know, what we saw from this past week was, you know, a, a guy who completed 87% of his passes and, you know, rushed for some good yardage, but did that against an FCS team. So it's kind of hard to predict whether or not that's, you know, going to be the norm moving forward. I definitely don't think 87% passing is normal for anybody. But, uh, you know, the, the big thing for him is he's shown, you know, his ability with his legs. He's shown, you know, some, some good deep passes down the field and completed some of those. Uh, but at the same time has, you know, missed some of those shots as well. Uh, had a really, really bad interception in the fourth quarter against Notre Dame. I mean, people see that as a blowout loss for NC State, a 45-24 to loss. But uh, what they don't realize is the offense's inability uh, at the end of the third quarter after the defense got a turnover that could have tied things up at 24-24 at the time. And instead, they weren't able to drive the ball down the field, miss the field goal, and then uh, NC State throws, you know, well, I say NC State, Brennan Armstrong threw for one horrendous interception in the fourth quarter, and then he had a receiver drop one right into the breadbasket for Notre Dame uh, that led to that. So, you know, I think I think right now, again, like I said, a mixed bag is the best way to categorize it. Uh, but, you know, if he's able to translate, and his playmakers are able to translate what they did last Saturday, granted against a, you know, an FCS opponent, uh, I think, you know, that bodes well for them moving forward. Now, from someone looking from the outside, looking at NC State, looking at the roster, looking at the couple of games, we see Brendan Armstrong and we see a couple of young receivers, but we don't really see a focal point to this offense just from, you know, looking at things. Do you, especially a wide receiver at the tight end room, doesn't feel like there's a top target for Brennan at the moment. Is that a fair assessment of where this offense and where the ball I guess the playmakers are right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, the guys that they're depending on right now, two of the you know, the best receivers early on have been true freshmen. Um, <laughs> when you have a, a guy like Kevin Conception that's been, you know, the, the guy that uh, they've utilized a lot early on, he's been kind of their, you know, check down normal receiver uh, out of the slot, the guy that, you know, can be a little bit of a safety valve for them. But you know, how much of a safety valve is a guy that's a true freshman uh, that's playing his first games at the college level. Um, we've seen that, you know, be an issue at times. And then, you know, the hope before the season with guys, with guys like, you know, Terrell Timmons Jr. and, um, you know, a guy like Anthony Smith potentially would step up and be, 
you know, deep downfield threats, and, and neither one of them have to this point. Uh, but then, you know, I think the bright spots have been the fact that a guy like Bradley Rosner over the last couple weeks has caught touchdowns uh, in the red zone. He's a, you know, big body receiver, six foot four. I think he's listed at six foot five, but he even said last week he's actually six foot four. Uh, and then you look at, um, you know, another guy that, that was able to break out this past week in Julian Gray. Um, he caught a 60-yard pass from Brennan uh, that I believe was, you know, probably 40 to 50 yards through the air. So uh, that was a, you know, a big play for, for NC State in that sense. So um, you're seeing other guys step up. It's just I think the, you know, the positive is the fact that there are so many guys that can make plays. It's just they've, you know, they've all struggled a little bit at times with drops and, um, you know, not being able to, to get separation to be able to create those big plays. Now, on the other side of the ball, this is going to be quite the challenge for Virginia. I feel like, you know, it's all the cliche in college football is talking about how the, the game will be won in the trenches. And I, I feel like this, that's pretty accurate defensive line for Virginia. It's going to have a tough challenge facing Tony Gibson's defense. Um, for NC State, Gibson does a good job of challenging the offense to adapt and trying to decipher what pressure is coming at you. Could you kind of discuss a little bit what makes it a challenging defense to um, to go up against? Yeah, I mean, Gibson's defense is so difficult to track just because of the fact that, you know, he, he asked for the absolute best, particularly out of his linebackers. And, um, you know, they've had multiple guys that have over the last couple of years have been uh you know those those go-to guys and, and drake thomas and isaiah moore both moving on uh but they've had you know some good really good play from jalen scott uh javon betty had one of his best games this past week uh, and then obviously peyton wilson returning and being kind of that you know uncaged animal uh, as far as a, a linebacker is concerned and sometimes you can control it sometimes you can't you never know where he's going to end up but um, you always know that he's just a hard-hitting linebacker. Uh, and I think the biggest thing that, you know, that's, that's helped this defense this year has been, um, and I, you know, I, I sent this over to you and, and your questions as well, was, you know, this defensive line has been playing at a different level uh, this year. Uh, you know, Trevally Price had to start in the UConn game. That wasn't ideal for him, but, you know, it's made him a better player. You saw it this past week. He played – uh, really well, again, against an FCS opponent, but he was getting a lot of pressure. Uh, and then, you know, Davin Van has has really stepped up his game this year. Normally uh, in this system, it's been, you know, the defensive front just, you know, kind of creating gaps or, or eating up double teams in order for the linebackers to be able to blitz the quarterback. And it's been a little bit of the opposite so far with Davin Van getting after the quarterback. Uh, Brandon Cleveland stepped up against Notre Dame and was actually – named to the pro football focus team of the week because of his play in that one. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of guys along the defensive front that I think have made it better. And all of that uh, combined with, you know, two returning starters at the, at the cornerback position uh, and a, a, you know, a good safety unit. Uh, they lost to Keen Harris for the season, but they've got some, some guys back that they feel really good about. So there's, you know, a lot of stability there at the, uh, the, at, with the secondary, and I think that only makes it easier for uh, that defensive front to be able to get after quarterbacks and running backs in the backfield. And I know early on the show we talked about the return of Brendan Armstrong, but he's not the only one who is returning. Robert and I, 2J, a lot of storylines, a lot of Virginia connections in this game. So, one, 
when you look at this offense, who has new pieces, I mean, obviously Brendan is there, but you also have Robert and I bringing his offensive scheme. You've got a new O-line coach. What changes have you seen in the offense? It's going to be, it's going to be, you know, we talked about Brendan and we even spoke to Brendan about what he believes his first time back at Scott Stadium would be, but it's going to be a, quite the reception for all those connected to Virginia. Yeah, I mean, you know, as far as Robert and I's offense is concerned, I think it's, it's still early because, again, like I said, it's, it's figuring out who the playmakers are. Uh, this, I mean, like I talked about Bradley Rosner earlier, he was a guy that didn't even enroll until right before fall camp started. And then you've got two true freshmen that are being asked to, you know, be utilized in, in large roles. So it's, it's figuring out, you know, how they fit into this offense, um, what real roles they can play, and, and how much they can do that. Um, and, you know, I think the biggest thing that we've seen as far as a difference from last year has been the ability to utilize uh, some playmakers that weren't being, you know, that were kind of, eh, I guess, pushed down the death chart last year. One of those in particular I talked about earlier, uh, Julian Gray, a guy that, you know, has struggled in the past in terms of, you know, catching the football and, um, you know, just not being able to get – like, he's, he's a, such a dynamic player with the ball in his hands. I've said this multiple times. The issue has been getting the ball in his hands. Uh, so they've been using him on some sweeps. They've been using him on, uh, you know, trying to get some underneath routes to be able to get him in space. Um, and then, you know, he took, a, again, a deep shot down the field last week. He was named the special teams player of the week because he was able to um, return one kickoff. So if you get the ball in this guy's hands, there's, there's a good chance that he can break one for a big play. Uh, but they've, you know, Robert and I have been able to find ways to be able to get him going. Um, and as far as the reception, I don't know. I guess we'll, I guess we'll see because I, you know, uh, like I, that was one of the questions I sent you as far as you know trying to figure out what was what Friday night is going to look like. I think, you know, uh, <laughs> the reception for for him and Brennan Armstrong. I don't, I don't know. Um, we'll see uh, how the uh, how the fans accept them when they get out. A lot of connections between those two programs on Friday night. But honestly, what I want to know and what UVA fans want to know, when you've watched NC State practice or just, you know, watched them at games, have you seen maybe, you know, Rubber and I ask for, I don't know, a throw to a left tackle? No, not not at this point. <laughs> All right, that, that's, that's part of the playbook. I just want to get to uh, – that's yeah. something that Virginia has seen twice during his career at UVA. So maybe we'll see it in Charlottesville. The only interesting thing we've seen to this point has been utilizing a, a guy that, that typically plays the guard or tackle position. He's been using him as a, a tight end. So uh, don't be surprised if you see a, a, a guy in, I think it's number 46, I believe he's been wearing, uh, is Lennon Cooper. Uh, he's a guy that typically plays either guard or tackle, uh, and they've been utilizing him as a, you know, a big body tight end, but he's not a very good disguise when he's six foot four and like 300 pounds. So uh, that'll, you know, that, that might be a tight end that you see line up on the left edge there. Now, like we said earlier, it's going to be, there's so many storylines. I mean, as soon as this game was announced as a, as a possibility for Virginia and as a Friday night game, I mean, the stories just wrote themselves. I mean, Brendan Armstrong back, Robert Ryan back, 2J back. I mean, this is the first time for Brendan Armstrong to step on the field at Scott Stadium since the November shooting. So his, his um, and he's, he's meant to wear something on his jersey or he's planning to do something in honor of the three players that were killed in that tragic event last year. So this is still going to be a raw feeling for him coming into this game. 
when you look at all these storylines and where NC State is right now with their football program heading into this game, what's the vibe like around the pack? Yeah, I mean, I think I think the vibe is is a positive one for NC State. It's you know, but it's also kind of a wait and see approach too. Where again, you feel good about the defense, uh, and again, you feel good about you know some of the playmakers. But it's it's you know the the thing for for a lot of NC State fans right now is you know how how are those all going to fit together? Like, is it going to actually work? And you know, we saw it again you know, against an FCS team this past week. And it's like, hey, I mean, is that ever going to translate against ACC opponents? Are these guys going to be able to step up? Because there are there were so many unknowns coming into the season. And um, I think one of the biggest question marks, you know, going into this game is can they get the run game going? Because they were able to, you know, find success against uh, UConn early on in the season. But you know, a lot of that was Brennan, you know, kind of scrambling out of the pocket and making plays happen. He almost had 100 yards in that game. Uh, and then this past week, they had success. Again, it was an SDS opponent, so it's not something that we're like, hey, that's that's just going to completely translate to the ACC. Uh, so I think that's the one of the things that a lot of people are kind of watching for is can they get the run game going against UVA? Uh, and if so, you know, maybe that is something that becomes – a little bit more of a balanced offense when they head into, uh, you know, Louisville the following week, which is a home game also on a Friday night. So uh, this is, it's, it's going to be a, a very telling next two weeks for NC State before they play Marshall uh, and then go on the road to Duke. So it's, it's kind of like a, hey, you, <laughs> you really got to get ready uh, for, for everything that's coming up with uh, the next few weeks. Finally, can't let you leave here without telling me what's your prediction for the game and what are the matchups to look out for if you're NC State? Yeah, you know, I think this is I think this is one NC State wins. Um, you know, the, the biggest question mark for them uh, as far as injuries are concerned is going to be Dylan McMahon, uh, whether or not he plays in this game. If he doesn't, then they have to go with two backup guards, uh, you know, at that both guard positions because they'll slide Lennon Cooper, who's the, the starting left guard. They'll slide him over to center if McMahon's not able to play. Uh, so that'll be something that I'm watching. But I do think that this this offense is able to get going. Um, and, you know, regardless of the quarterback, I think this defense is going to be able to, um, you know, force some turnovers and, and really get pressure on UVA in this game. Uh, so I think my prediction was somewhere between like 31 or 34 to, to 17. Um, I do think UVA is able to get something going, um, you know, very similar to what they've done in the last couple weeks where they, they get going early on. Uh, you know, with some scripted drives, and uh, but it, I think Tony Gibson kind of you know makes some adjustments, figures figures things out uh, on the fly, and that that leads to NC State being able to you know run away late in this game. Thanks again for joining us um, to kind of break down the game. We appreciate it. And, of course, you can look at Wahoo's 24-7 and Pack Pride. If you're a 24-7 subscriber, you have access to the entire network. So not only do you get content from Wahoo's 24-7 if you're a Virginia fan, so you keep up to date with all the recruiting and team news, but you also have access to Pack Pride, to what they're saying behind the scenes and behind enemy lines, and that goes with every team that Virginia faces moving forward, like Boston College next week, like North Carolina after the bye week, like Miami. So... 
If you uh, come on Wahoo's 24-7 and you are a subscriber, you have access to the entire network. So, again, they do great work at Pack Pride, and they'll have you covered if you're interested in knowing a little bit more of the pack heading into the game so you are aware of what Virginia will be facing on Friday night. And, of course, we will have you covered on the Virginia angle of all the information coming to you from the game. I will be there again. I'll be full coverage, and I'll also be at Boston College the week after. So we are trying to go really deep with coverage for our football program and also with recruiting as well since Virginia will host a few video a few visitors on grounds on Friday night obviously the visitor list won't be as large as you would expect on a Saturday game they're still playing Friday night games if you're in high school um, so it's a little bit harder to get a full slate of visitors on a Friday night game but Virginia does have a number of visitors including one That wouldn't shock me if Virginia offered. So, again, we have that preview, again, on Wahoo's 24-7. So, for Corey, I'm Jackie Franchuli for Wahoo's 24-7, and I hope you guys have a good rest to your week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.